We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Dumak, coming back at you with another uh, positional battle for the fight for the 53-man roster. And joining me today to talk about the defense today, as if he's not here always, is my trusty co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Doing very well. It's setting in. Packers. Season. Is nearly here. I think definitely when family night is on the horizon, it starts to feel real, real, you know, real, 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 uh, family night on Saturday. So tomorrow, as you're listening to this as a loyal listener on Friday morning, uh, and then they play the Bengals on Thursday next week, I believe the 11th Friday, my apologies. So, uh, a Friday night game against the. Bengals in Cincinnati on NFL Network. So that'll be the first real taste of uh, of Packers football. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. But before we get there, we have some positional battles to talk about. Some defense now. In the trenches defense. Mm-hmm. Blanket coverage corners. All that good stuff. Uh, before we get into it, a couple of news items, not too much. 
Uh, the Packers dropped linebacker Ladarius Hamilton in favor of linebacker Aaron Mosby, who played with the Carolina Panthers last year. Uh, Aaron Mosby didn't do a whole lot. He had one tackle in the regular season last year um, and played, looks about to be two snaps. So take that with the biggest grain of salt you could possibly find. Bigger than the salt lamps, bigger than like the biggest salt rock you can find. Just like really embrace the salt and Aaron Mosby's stats from last year. <laughs> um, but as we talked about on on Tuesday, the roster churn in these last 80 to 90 uh, spots on the roster, roster spots 80 through 90, I should say, just constant churn, trying to make sure that the Packers are getting the most competitive guys in there to try and find maybe the next Roswell Douglas, maybe the next Devondre Campbell, and just try and find guys who are ready to blossom maybe in a new, in a new scene. Yeah, I mean, this is what, like the fourth something like that day of camp where they've had end of the roster churn. Mm-hmm. And again, as we talked about last pod, camp opened a week and two days ago. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just what it happens. And, you know, maybe it leads to practice squad looks, all that kind of stuff. Um, with some interesting details, I believe it was Bill Huber uh, over at SI, their Packers Central, their you know Packers site. Mm-hmm. Um, he noted that the Packers wanted to sign Mosby last, uh, last year, year. Yep, as an undrafted free agent, he had a higher guarantee from Carolina, and then they cut him. Packers swooped him up, so yep, they've had their eyes on him for a while, obviously. So right, yeah. um, you are right for what you that uh. It is like the fourth day in a row. They had Cody Crest last week last week as the receiver that uh, got signed. And then they waived Jonathan Garvin on Monday. Uh, claimed James Empey and Andre Miller off of waivers the 29th and the 1st. And then signed a contract with Jake Bates. Not even sure what he plays. The spot track doesn't want to tell me. Hmm. Um, and then waived with Darius Hamilton. And then claimed Aaron Mosby. Off of waivers, and then Cole Schneider actually just signed his contract today as well, from last pod. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a lot of churn, a lot of churn. Um, the second news bit that we'll talk about probably a little bit, little bit more later later is Russell Douglas talking that talk on the sideline. So, sprinkle a little bit of a a tease in there before we get to cornerbacks. But should we start with the interior defensive lineman? Uh, Let's Jordan? do it. Players returning. The always formidable Kenny Clark. Um, sophomore Devontae Wyatt. You and I are both pretty big on him. Uh, TJ Slayton, Jonathan Ford, and the rookies being Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. Bubble guys being Chris Slayton, Jason Lewin, and Antonio Moultrie. The latter two being not so recognizable name-wise, but the rest of those guys we've definitely heard of and will be getting a lot of run um, this preseason. Yeah, Kenny Clark, yeah, obviously, a lot of- the stalwart in the middle. Yes, anchor, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark has been that since basically they drafted him. Um, and then that, it's a lot of turnover. Turnover and turnover. That's I combined both of the words <laughs> I wanted to say. Um, especially when Dean Lowry left, Jerron Reed went back to Seattle. Opens up a lot of opportunities. Obviously, Devontae White, a lot of eyes are on him and Whole lot of buzz, whole lot of buzz, and I love it. I love it. Um, but 
it's certainly an area of the roster that could get a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the the main thing last year was that um, we thought they looked so good against the Packers' offensive line in camp, but it just happened to be that the Packers' offensive line in camp wasn't that good. No. And now the same thing this year. So we're a little, we're kind of tiptoeing around what could possibly be the same sort of issue. But like you said, a lot of hype around Devontae Wyatt in camp. He's looked notably better from a lot of players. Yeah. Uh, lighting up offensive linemen, even formidable ones. I think the latest anecdote today as on um, Thursday as recording this was one-on-one drills. He mm-hmm. had John Runyon's lunch and then some, probably his <laughs> dessert too. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the guy clearly has talent. It's why the Packers took him in the first round last year, one of their uh, two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And it's he's... Rob Domoski, uh, uh, sorry, Rob Domoski um, wrote the other day for ESPN that he's kind of the breakout star of this camp. Um, he just has all the opportunity that he can really kind of become the one-two to Kenny Clark. And, you know, again, talking about the Packers run defense and everything like that, like Matt Schneider or Steeman wrote, um, in the run up to start of camp and everything like that, the the line ranked dead last in defensive <laughs> rush EPA per snap since Brian Gutenkunst has been been the GM of the Packers. So that's five years. That's a big enough sample size to kind of show you that uh hey, let's start to learn from the error of your ways and kind of maybe reinforce uh you know this area of the roster because Obviously, can only go from here, but when it's right. been that stark of a problem and that crosses over two defense corners as well, um, that's a bad sign. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Paul Brettel reporting today that, like Brian Gunnikun said, uh, that the Packers have a lot of pass options. So when it comes to playing time for, um, for Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, that it's going to really well end. Chris Slayton, for that matter, and probably even TJ Slayton, um, yep. that the big differentiator will be how they hold up against the run because the run, like as you mentioned, has been atrocious the last few years. And it, and take one practice is worth what you want, but today they got kind of gashed by the run and then a four-minute drill as well. Um, so here's to hoping that they can kind of shore that up and Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark can hold down that middle piece. That's kind of the hope for the season, right, is that Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark can really become those guys in the middle that stuff those runs, block those holes so that the defense can go, can get off the field. Yep. Yep. It's tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that is definitely the biggest thing that we like to see from the defense going forward. Right. And it wasn't just uh, coaches and us talking with Devontae White. Elton Jenkins um, was talking, or sorry, Devontae White was talking with Ryan Wood and Ryan uh, Wood tweeted that Ella Jenkins interrupted it and said, we can kind of decipher this as we go, or at least try to. Quote, he's like Muhammad Ali. You can't hit what you can't see. End quote. Uh, Ryan Wood asked Jenkins about why it's a sp- <laughs> why it's spin on John Ronnie 1v1 and said, you'll turn on the lights off and he'll be back standing here, right here before the room gets dark. Sure. All right, Elton <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> he mentioned that he's just playing faster this year. Then you didn't see this last year with uh, Devontae Wyatt. So 
that's really important. Really, really, really important that he's he was he was always fast with the ball trailing. Like if you remember last year, he was always in on tackles that he was like catching up on. Like he was always just in on those tackles where he was running behind to get the the ball carrier. But yeah, being a force in the backfield, I think, is the next big step he needs to become an actual um, force on the interior line. And I can't. I apologies for not. Uh, attributing this the way that I normally like to, but I think I saw some quotes about, it actually might have been the Rob Demosky piece um, that he talked about the rookie wall and stuff like that of just like mm-hmm. you know you, it, I think we kind of overlook how you go from being drafted or the run up to being drafted where you have no idea where you're going to be you're testing, you're interviewing with all these teams and you can Think of like so many possibilities where you just you just want to make it to the NFL, but it's all about this right situation. It's about what you know. It's different than the NBA, where some players can, if they're good enough, they can really kind of guide where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. The NFL, it's like it's bodies on body of bodies. You know what I mean? Um, and then you go from that to hey, a week later, you got to go to your new team. You're going to OTAs. You're doing all this stuff. Get your feet wet. It's like it's constant. There really is no off season. No, there isn't for a rookie, and that can be daunting. Like it, it, that's why, like it's just not it, to be the outlier of establishing yourself very quickly, regardless of what position it is. After you get drafted, it's, it's very impressive when that happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Devonta White clearly has ta- talent. All that stuff. Now with a full off season, knowing what he's what's expected of him, expected of him, I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's kind of taking this as you know much as he has because he can really really be a difference maker for this team. Right? No, absolutely, absolutely. I think he he needs to be for the Packers defense to be to be good too. Frankly, oh yeah, like it's it, it you don't want to pin all the the hopes and the dreams of the Packers defense on a sophomore year guy, but with how bad the run defense was in years of past, like it's just, it kind of have to be that guy and yeah. prove why they took you in the first round. It's, 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 you should, I shouldn't have to be reductive about it or have to apologize for being reductive about it, but it really is that simple. Like without another big guy inside to go with Kenny Clark, it's kind of easy just to double team the guy the, the guy, Kenny Clark, and then run up the middle or run yep. on, on the outside a little bit. Like, it's it's yep. just too easy. Mm. Colby Wood and Carl Brooks, I think they'll have a chance to get there. Um, I think Carl Brooks was a fifth-round pick and Colby Wooden was a sixth. I might have that flip-flopped. Or they're both six, but... Um, I want to say Brooks is earlier. Fourth-round sounds... Like that was him, and then maybe wouldn't. Maybe, but maybe I'm flipping them now. <laughs> um, looks like it was Colby Wooden in the. If my page wants to load, Colby Wooden in the fourth. You're right, and um, Cobb Brooks in the sixth. Ah, uh, okay. So, um, regardless, I think if this is a similar situation in past years where you drafted them, you might as well give them a shot. And I think they'll definitely keep earning that, those shots so long as they're not really tanking it in preseason. Like, I think they'll get their opportunity to just kind of show what they have. Considering that 
if no one's really stepping up to be the number two or number three for that matter, why not just keep the rookies kind of thing? That's the that's the thing too is that for kind of more general look at it, three of the how many draft picks? I don't know the Packers have taken a lot of draft picks the last couple of years, but three of them are spent on linemen, defensive linemen. One a premium pick with Devontae Wyatt. It's they're trying to figure this out. There is investment in it. It's not like kind of just status quo or anything like that, or signing guys to minimum contracts or one year flyers. Like mm-hmm. J- Jaron Reed, we overlook it, but he was decent enough to like, hey, they maybe you should bring him back if you're really worried about defensive line depth. Right. Now it's tougher to you know rely on guys that are younger, maybe not as heralded or established in the NFL if they're had have had a couple years. But mm-hmm. that's where the Packers are at. It's a very young besides Kenny Clark, it's really young. And it's up to guys to kind of, you know, really just <laughs> step up and take take the reins. I mean, there is some kind of not glowing, but some positive remarks about Jonathan Ford, who, you know, end of the roster guy, I could not tell you how many snaps he had last year or anything like that, but like was kind of piping him up uh, in practice recently too. So it's clear that they, they want this to work out. They, they're putting investment in with picks or, you know, bolstering with, you know, guys that they have kept with for the last couple of years besides Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. And it's about time that it starts panning out. That's that's for sure. Here's that's the hope, right? Like, yeah. if they can start having these guys hit versus not hit, I think that'd be a uh, much better situation for them to be in. And like for all intents and purposes, Jaron Reed being back in Seattle is isn't good for the Packers. He still had four no. sacks last year, and he had a, a forced fumble. So like that's just stats that somebody needs to replace and it's easy to like say that so i guess candidly but it's a matter of fact you, you hate to like um invoke moneyball into this but you have to find players to replace players you lost yep and jaron reed was a plus for the packers last year and he, he especially down the stretch, right? He played well down the stretch, and that, that Miami game, he that that's where the if I remember correctly, that was the forced fumble game, and that really, yep, really turned around that that game, mm-hmm. especially when <laughs> things were very dire and the you know there's no margin for error, right? And when guys step up like that, that is worth rewarding or you know commemorating too. Yeah, exactly. And so it'll be up to the TJ Slayton's, the Jonathan Ford's of this group to really show out and maybe push Devontae White to be that second guy. If they want to be the second guy, go ahead and be it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't care who it is. I want to be Devontae White because I think he has the, the tools to, to do it and he looks visibly faster just in clips and what people are saying. Like If he's going to be as fast as some people are saying, he's going to be a problem inside and that's a yeah. good thing to have for the Packers. But if he's not yes. going to show that in these preseason games, maybe other guys do, and kind of get in there for the second spot. But I, I'm excited for to see what he can do for these these preseason games. I want to see him start firing off the ball. Same. I wonder how Same. much I wonder how much they'll they'll play him, honestly. 
because he's only a sophomore, it's not like he has a locked up spot like he should. No, I mean, he, 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 he showed up a- at the last couple of games and it was kind of like, you know, finally you give him this opportunity. But it, right. do- it does work. There, It's t- a two way street. Exactly. He still needs so, to prove himself. It's not like he's has. It's not like he's proved anything enough to be really locked down. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's not like a Aaron Jones situation or I'm trying to think of names. Jair, Jair, yeah, like it, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Jair, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Preston yeah. Smith, yeah, Devonta Campbell. Honestly, even though we talked about him last year suffering from not playing in preseason. So yeah. we'll probably see him play. There's always so many locks that we can say, like, hey, these guys maybe get a series or two right. in all three, three preseason games, never I, mind a handful or right. know, one of three. I would bet everybody plays at least one series, but, like, I wouldn't imagine Jair plays more than one or two in the like, no. entire preseason. Aaron Jones might play one or two, but I think most of these, most of, like, the stars and the veterans on this team aren't going to play a whole lot in preseason, obviously. Yeah. Which is opens up the door. Kenny Clark's not going to play like more than yeah, like three, four series. I'd bet he didn't have a good year last year. So maybe they give him some uh, more run in preseason just to get warmed up and things like that. But I would bet that it's going to be a lot of the guys you mentioned, Devontae White, TJ Slayton, Jonathan Ford, Brooks and Wooden. So maybe some Chris Slayton and some other guys in the fourth quarter, but it's going to be a lot of those, those first four in the yeah. first half. Uh, should we go on to the edge rushers and Let's talk about our rookie draft pick, first round pick? Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline players returning Rashawn Gary once he comes off the physically unable to perform list from his torn ACL last year um, side note and plug uh, go check out Bill Huber's article on Rashawn Gary's uh, journey back recovering from his ACL he talked to Rashawn Gary's mother um, awesome awesome piece been a big fan of Bill's for years so go check that out um, 
Preston Smith, Kingsley Enigbare, and Justin Hollins are all players returning. The rookies, Lucas Van Ness, first over first round pick, and Brenton Cox Jr., an undrafted free agent out of Georgia and Florida, having been dismissed from both programs. Um, a couple bubble guys, also undrafted free agents, Keyshawn Banks and Kenneth Odom Odom Gibu. We'll go with uh, NFL international uh, representative, as well as uh, the aforementioned Aaron Mosby. Um, Edge, one of the deeper spots the Packers have at this very moment, um, when healthy. Like Rashawn Gary is expected to be back ish time. Um, for week one at this rate, I think they, um, Bill Heber said in that piece that he's on the cusp of making his training camp debut. So take mm. that for what you will. He didn't really give any more information about how close it actually is or how words are being reported as, but um, I think he is pretty close. But when they're when they're healthy, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith is a pretty good set of edge rushers to have. I would say so. I would say so. I think Rashawn Gary is. A bona fide star. Yeah, he was he was, he was he on was pace so... for DPOY last year. He was doing so good. Actually, I have a stat. I have a stat right in our notes. Love it. Uh, Packers had a 40% pressure rate when Rashawn Gary was on the field last year. After he got injured, so week nine onwards, mm-hmm. that number fell to 32% when the Packers were without him. That's so sad. Stats and info. So... And if you, the thing about that stat is what's even more remarkable is that there was not a lot of rotation in the edge rushers no. when Rashawn Gary was playing. No, there wasn't. And if you were expecting that level of pass rush to every five passing plays, that's pretty damn good. That's and the guy that that's creating those pressures is feasting on them. He's getting sacks. He's yeah. getting hurries, whatever knockdowns, whatever stat that they think of beyond sacks. He had uh, six sacks in the uh, nine games he played last year. I believe it was nine games. Yeah. Yep, nine games. So pretty good. Oh, he had man. 24 hurries, eight hits, just 38 total pressures. So... Like we said, nine games, pretty darn. Not even even a fourth. Yeah, if we're really talking about it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's the Packers when he is ready, willing, and able at a hundred percent. Like he can really make waves with this defense. That is where, like, I know we we love the new thing and all that stuff, but like Rashawn Gary is so close to being like a household name of like. He, sh- he should be there already, but yeah. he Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't for the injury. injury last year, I think he gets there. Yeah. But yeah, he's up there with one of the top edge rushers in the league when he's healthy. And yeah. I think what's going to be really good is that if you can get Lucas Van Ness to develop and be that guy. Like, I think what's it's what's really interesting is that it's it's changed so fast from what we expected Lucas Van Ness to be after the draft. All the draft um, analysis was that he was going to be raw. He's not going to start right away. And that it's going to be a, a year, possibly two, until he's a bona fide player and capable, capable stutter. Right, exactly. Yep. And so, but now you see him in camp. It's like, you're going to keep him off the field? Like, 
are, are you going to be able to do that? And that's kind of where we're sitting. It's going to be an interesting way that this goes throughout the season. Like it'll, it'll be curious. I mean, plus two, it should be noted that Justin Hollins, at least in the first few practices, I'm not sure about today. Um, but when it's been like starting 11 or the ones quote unquote, he has been with Preston Smith. Um, that has steadily or slowly changed. I know there was like notes about like the, the, uh, competition practices or like battles, whatever you want to call it, the mm-hmm. two minute drills, four minute, yep. whatever. Uh, Lucas Van Ness was paired with Preston Smith on, on the edge. So I, I do think like there's a lot of question marks with the defensive line until, you know, they show that they have some market improvement, even if it's going from 32 to 31. Right. But I like, I like, where we are with the edge rushers edge rushing department yeah it is it is even with gary not gonna be he's so it's gonna take some time right but again justin hollands really showed stuff during the last few games after the packers claimed him so did any barre for what it's worth like he's getting Mm -hmm. was good last year um of note rob dimvosky uh, reporting that the Packers have kept at least one undrafted rookie on the initial roster for 18 straight seasons. Uh, look for Brenton Cox Jr., a stellar talent who got kicked off two college to football teams to extend that streak. He's gotten some buzz in the last couple of practices. Obviously, it's only been a week and a half. I think today, too. Yeah, yeah today for sure. Um, but I think I, I, I think they're going to keep six guys like with, with, like, with Rashawn Gary being healthy. And Gary, so, Smith, yep, Anibari, obviously Lucas Van Ness, just just the top six, Collins, yep, and then Cox, and Cox, yeah, I think I think they keep him because you don't get this is very uh, surface level knowledge as not having all of the scouting on Brenton Cox Jr. from his college days, but you don't go to Georgia because you're an okay player. You don't go to Florida yeah, you're because you're guy. you're an okay player. They're blue chip guys, and he has off the field issues of not being able to keep focus. That got him kicked off the team. And I won't say I guess I don't want to say off the field issues. That makes it sound like it's criminal. I don't think it's criminal. I think it's more focus and attitude based from what I had read about in the off season. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I should I I don't probably I should have looked this up before yeah. recording, but that yeah, I'll that. double check. But I'm pretty certain that it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't anything like that. But the point being is that he has talent and he really yeah. has um, just the ability to showcase himself during this camp to where if he does well, they might have found a uh, a hidden gem in the undrafted free agent market to really shore up their edge rushers for the next decade. I have some... Info. Okay. Just some digging as you. So he started at Georgia, played really well after, I believe, his freshman season. Yeah, he only played one season there. He got dismissed from the team um, from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. They were just saying it, it's, it was extremely vague yeah. of what actually happened. 
So there's not really a lot of information about why he left Georgia or why he was dismissed. Yep. With the Gators, he immediately applied for a waiver to play for them, but it was denied going into his sophomore season. He had to sit out. Then he was named a starter going into his redshirt sophomore season. He was kicked off the Gators football team on October 31st, 2022, after a series of incidents with coaches and strength and conditioning staff. So That's per Wikipedia. A lot of attitude also, stuff. A lot of attitude stuff. Yeah. So, again, if his attitude is right and he wants to actually play football, I think he has a good shot of being the sixth uh, sixth addresser on this team. Yeah. Because he's showing out. Somebody had him. I think, was it, was it Ram Dabowski's, like, player of, of camp so far? Or I, uh, That was Wyatt. That was Wyatt. My apologies. My apologies. But still, that that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's really... Really, it? I think we kind of talked about Enigbari a little bit. Making a jump in year two is going to be important for him. Obviously, once they get um, Rashawn Gary back, it's going to be an interest. Like, it's Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith aren't going to play every down. So they'll have to mix in some nor of these other they. guys. Right, nor should they. Have to mix in some of these down the line guys into the defensive scheme once in a while. But ultimately, like, Holland's. Enigbare and Cox wouldn't play too much um, on the edge, depending on week-to-week, injury-to-injury kind of stuff. I think we'll see Lucas Van Ness sprinkled in a whole lot of, like, a lot of places this year just to get him run and get him some experience, because that's kind of what they're ramping up to, and if he's showing out in that experience, he'll definitely earn himself a playing spot. Yeah. That'll be, I mean, again, that isn't too dissimilar to how he was used in Iowa. Right, exactly. And it worked out well. Yep, it sure did. Um, but yeah, I think they keep six six edge rushers. So, alrighty, on to the linebackers. We got Devondre Campbell, captain, I believe, last year. Probably will be captain yes. again this year. Maybe, maybe Jair this year. I could see it being Jair this year. Um. Well, you'll have. Oh, that's. Yeah, it, there'll be a question. For sure, I think they ought to stop. We did the we had this discussion last year. They ought to stop uh, making the team pick the captains. The p- coaches pick the captains, mm-hmm. and I think I hope they learned that lesson last year after how much they pissed off Jair Alexander. Yeah, that's my hope. Um, <laughs> but Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, looking to bounce back after a tumultuous rookie season, attitude wise, played really well. Um, when he was on, like he he played a whole lot last year. He was really well. He played played really, really well. well. Played well. <laughs> played really well. But then had the unfortunate um, incident in Buffalo when he shoved a Bills coaching staff member, and then did the same thing week eighteen um, with a Detroit coaching staff member. Just lapses in judgment and. Clearly, was beating himself up over it in the tunnel in the week eight in week eighteen loss against the Detroit Lions. Um, another person that just needs to step up, like I think he's in a better place than Devontae Wyatt is, because he obviously played a lot more last year and showed some talent that he had, but the differences kind of have an equal sum. Devontae Wyatt needs to step up his on the field play so that he can earn himself a spot on the line. Quay Walker needs to up himself in the 
mental on the field play so that he can learn to be a leader and a conductor of this defense. Because when Devondre Campbell was out last year, it was just Quay Walker in the middle flying around, and he did a really good job. It just, his his season got marred by those two incidents that came at really costly times in the Packers yep. season. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the last game of the season, a game that decided your fate, whether you made the playoffs or not, mm-hmm. and the game was in the balance when that happened. Um, but it again, the fact that it marred so much of a season, you forget that he was named to the all rookie team last mm-hmm. year. Exactly. He, he did really well and was put in, you know, not in ideal circumstances, especially as you noted with Campbell being out. Um, right. But for in terms of his play, he really showed that he's going to be a good foundational piece moving forward. It's just a matter of, you know, what's going on between the years. And I believe he's had some quotes about stuff that he's, you know, <laughs> I guess used or uh, studied up or anything like that of like trying right. to kind of channel things more positively and realize, you know, you can't just be that kind of force of nature, let emotions get the best of you at all times, even after the whistle gets blown or anything like that. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I, I'm really hopeful. I just want to—I I want to see him play this year. He's going to play, obviously, but he was so special last year that I'm really excited as to what sort of jump he can make this year. Yeah. Um, but the other players returning: um, Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson, and the bubble guys being uh, Tariq Carpenter and Jimmy Phillips Jr., an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, Tariq Carpenter returning correct draft pick last year return yeah yeah um he had a couple nice plays and i went to training camp last week um made a really good break on the ball that slipped through his hands but was still a good break on the ball um these these inside linebackers i think are going to be i don't want to say touch and go but you're I, I just don't think you see a lot of isaiah mcduffie and eric wilson or Trey carpenter any of them um, much in the regular season when push comes to shove. You'll see a lot of them in preseason, but it's ultimately going to be Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker playing in the middle, um, most defensive snaps, one or the other, or both, depending on the alignment. Yeah, these are probably the biggest locks on the roster. Yeah. It's Quay, it's Campbell. Yeah, I think, about it. I think it'll be like Quay, Devondre Campbell, and Isaiah McDuffie for sure. Yeah. And like they might keep a fourth. Um, Maybe Carpenter pushes Wilson. Yeah, they had um, what looks like a lot of linebackers last year. I'm trying to count on uh, pro, football, pro football reference here, but obviously edge rushers and uh, inside linebackers are still labeled linebackers by most of the football websites because pick your reason why. But it looks like they kept 16 linebackers total, so they keep six edge rushers they had that doesn't make sense math wise but i don't think they're keeping 10 linebackers frankly mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not offensive line they're not, they're not that important as inside linebackers but oh i forget that that also includes like this is has the uh 90 man roster on it too yeah so like colby jones didn't play um much last year he's on the practice squad and so same thing with uh Tipa Galilee, he was also in the practice squad for a while. And Ladarius Hamilton. So um 
I guess we'll talk about this quote from Rob Dombowski. I like this quote. It's a good little tidbit for what the season's bringing us. Quote, look for defensive coordinator Joe Barry to move Walker around more this season, bringing him off the edge at times. If Joe Barry wants to get wild, I hope that his defense is just set to begin with, frankly. But that's just me. Yeah. I feel like we have enough edge rushers to where we don't need Quay all that off, off the edge, but as a different look, why not? I feel like we did see Quay off the edge once in a while last year, too. Maybe it was just- I want to say, so I think, yeah, there was a handful of times I remember it certainly wasn't a lot, but... No, it for sure wasn't a lot, but um, I feel like I did see him, like, certainly flying around off the edge going for sacks and things like that. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can bring up his alignment on Pro Football Reference. Um, lined up on defensive line 75 times last year out of his... A lot more than I thought. Or yeah. Yeah. Yes, I guess. Out of his total snaps of 846. So a little less than 10% yeah. at the time. Across all of the season, obviously. But it was more so, I think, opponent-based. He did it 17 times in Week 11 against um, Tennessee. And he did it 15 times in Week uh, 16 against the Dolphins. Otherwise, it was mostly single-digit times across mm. the rest of the uh, the season. Interesting. Most of the time in the box. So, which makes sense. He's an inside linebacker. Yeah. So maybe that gets bumped up to like 15, 20%. Um, but yeah, Tree Carpenter was a safety last year. And so they moved him to inside linebacker. Um, mostly a special teams player. I think he was a gunner. Yes. A gunner. And they're just trying to find room for him, which kind of makes yeah. sense. So yeah. if he wants to be running downhill from, from the box and stuffing holes... Fine by me. If he's fast like that. <laughs> yeah, he's in like the Dallin Levitt. Levitt? Levitt. I always love it. Um, kind of category mold. Yeah. Just putting him, putting him in a position group of his values on special teams, which, again, going to be important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not too much else from the, from the linebackers, honestly. No. So. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Should we go to the secondary, where there's a little more discussion to be had in one of the positions versus the other? Oh, yeah. Corners. Uh, players returning, Jair Alexander, Russell Douglas, um, Eric Sokes, once he, gets, once he gets back from injury, and Keyshawn Nixon, the all-star from last year. I should say pro bowler. But um, 
rookies, Carrington Valentine, Terrell Ford, and William Hooper. Um, Terrell Ford and William Hooper being undrafted free agents. And then bubble guys, uh, Shamar, John, Charles, Corey Valentine, and Keandre Thomas. I think top four are locked no matter what. Like, Jair Razul, Eric Stokes, and Keisha Nixon are locks. I think the only way any of those guys are even close to being gone is if Razul's shit-talking from today becomes a bigger problem across training camp. Like, I guess Razul was that uh, practice today telling the offense that they suck and really talking a whole lot of trash towards the offense, which you love to see a competitive nature at camp, but it took... Aaron Jones coming over to Razul and telling him to knock it off to get him to calm down a little bit. <laughs> so I don't think that's an issue. I just think that that's the only way <laughs> those top four guys are being unseated from those those uh, spots. Strap City, baby. Strap City. It, it it's something. Like it is something. Um. Again, I kind of view this more even with Stokes injured. And there hasn't, there's been buzz about him coming back or starting to come back during camp, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been as loud as Gary at this point. Um, I would say that I think again, there's a lot of locks and stuff like that. There's a lot of Carrington Valentine, Valentine, whatever you want to, mm-hmm. teen time. It's his time. That's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Pick six in practice the other day off yep. of Danny Edling. Um, Strong buzz out of OTAs. Take that for what you will. But seventh round pick, be damned. This guy is making plays and he's making a good impression. Um, I certainly would feel a lot better on him than Shamar Jean Charles. He's he's played well too. Like he's had a couple. Yeah, I, what is this year three for him? I think so. Right? Yeah, it is. He wasn't a rookie last year, so yeah. If it's year three, then I could definitely see Carrington Val- Valentine sort of usurping him in that spot. Would it be sad no. about it, honestly? But I think um, Shamar has played well enough to at least be in that conversation at this very moment. Certainly, yeah. I mean, again, this could easily change when preseason games roll around and yep. SJC, and that's what I want to call him, uh, makes a good impression and shows out or something like that. But mm. certainly Val- Carrington Valentine has uh, kind of taken and grabbed the baton. Yeah. And the football, because, again, he had a pick six. Had a pick six in, in practice. practice. So that that's good stuff. And it's always good to see those plays being made in practice. Like I think, like you said, it's really going to matter once the preseason starts. And that's when we'll really get into some of these nuts and bolts kind of discussions. But yeah. um, I think they have to keep probably eight, nine cornerbacks. Cause you had to have enough for nickel and dime packages, nickel and dime packages, which is, I guess Four I should say five, I should say five or six secondary people, not just cornerbacks. Because you have your safety or two, and then nickel is five secondary players, dime is six, and you're not going to roll out six of the top of the, only six corners. You'll have two safeties for sure in that scenario. But and within that, 
they have to figure out when Stokes gets back. Yeah. What is the alignment? It did not work out well with Rosie Little playing a slot when everybody was healthy. Eric Stokes, too, for what it's worth, did not have a good year until he got hurt with that in mind. Right. So it's a little bit of a situation to figure out. Keyshawn Nixon, we love him. He's, again, difference maker on this team. Being the slot corner is going to be a tall task for him. Mm-hmm. To be a you know a solid slot corner, he's from you know reading anecdotes from practice and stuff like that. The Packers have really tested him in that mold. Jo- Jordan Love, he's not he's a rookie quarterback by you know uh, by name, not by you know years in the league, but like right. he's certainly <laughs> gone out of his way to kind of test him too. So like right, that's I don't know. It's it maybe I'm changing my tune here, but like it is a very Things are definitely going to evolve with the secondary, specifically the corners. Mm-hmm. And I don't really envy how they figure that out because it could really kind of getting everything in one or getting everything locked in line right? with how they want to do it. it, it it's not going to be without um, lapses or da- ups and downs. Try, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Yes, because like yes. like like you said, just figuring out if we're if it's, it's if it's Razul on the outside or Stokes on the inside, like it's just it's going to be kind of testing it out week to week as to who's performing better. It's a talent play and trying to fit square pegs and round holes. Yeah, which is a problem. Which is where you'd like to see one of these like unknown guys kind of pop off and make a name for themselves to really lock down a position. Honestly, yeah. like if if Carrington Valentine or um, Corey Ballantine or any of these guys, yeah, Bill Hooper, <laughs> any of these guys really want to like show out and stand out that they can be that guy on the outside or that guy on the inside of the slot. Go for it. It's there for yep. the taking because they have four guys, but only one of them really knows where to play. Like, one only, was locked in. Right. Only Jair yeah. like knows to play outside. And so, if they can, like the other outside corner and the slack corner are up for grabs as to who really wants to play where. And I think that'll be important to, to figure out. It's going to be a tough needle thread. And I don't know if Joe Barry can do it. <laughs> no. I think that part of it, too, I think this might be a natural segue into the, the safety, group. Into safeties. It's, it, it's not as, like, correlated to, like, how wide receivers and tight ends are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that there is just so much uncertainty, there's a lot of like one practice, it's Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford playing, you know, safeties and doing well or something like that. And then they switch it up and then other guys are getting looks like it's the safety position is really by committee and no one, there isn't a, you know, the biggest lock is Savage and there's been so many ups and downs with him. Yeah. If he can play like last year, like late last year, Savage, that'll be fine. If he plays like, yeah, if he plays like early year Savage, then it's going to be tough sledding the entire year. Yeah. But safety's returning. Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, Ennis Gaines, uh, Tarverius Moore, and Dallin Levitt. Um, Tarverius Moore not returning, signed him from the 49ers in the offseason. Rookies, Anthony Johnson Jr., who they drafted late, like fifth round. Um, 
and ben was, he, was that a seventh rounder? No, I mix again mixing up mixing up a balancing thing. Hold on, I'll look. Um seventh round. You're right. Oh. Look at you remembering four months ago. Could not be me. <laughs> Could absolutely not be me. Um Benny Sapp the third and undrafted free agent. And the bubble guys are NS Gaines and obviously uh Benny Sapp. So um NS Gaines has actually gotten a lot a lot of buzz this camp. Like I think I've seen a lot of articles from from beat writers talking about how he's a player to watch to snatch one of those safety spots and that he's improving a whole lot from last year. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, then again, like, <laughs> right. I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't really have any opinion on him one way or the other. Again, the landscape of this position and the fact that there's so much uncertainty over even the most established player. Mm-hmm. Sure. If Ennis Gaines is a starting safety for this team, I'm not going to really have that many qualms with it just because I, my expectations for safety are so low. Right. You know, like Tavarius Moore, solid dart throw. Jonathan Owens, solid dart throw. But these guys are one year, $1 million flyers. Right. We're not expecting, I'm not going to see on PFF that, the Packers have the the a top ten safety group or anything. That, right, I would be shocked. Right. Um, the but the, his his path to the to making the team lies within his ability to play the slot and his special teams play. Yes, um, Paul Brettel wrote this a week ago, um, talking about his play during the box. He, during the last three games of the regular season, Gaines saw thirty two snaps in the slot, another nine in the box. And allowed four completions on five targets, but limited pass catchers to just seven yards per catch. So that's that's good. That's and good. if he can play around kind of like that and play that well in camp and showcase that he has talent at that safety spot, he might just go get it. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. Like he he had uh as a special teamer special teamer, my apologies, special teamer in return and coverage units. Um, he didn't see steady playing time until week 12. This is, like I said, all from Paul Brothers' article last week. Um, but despite ranking 19th in special teams snaps on the team, he was able to showcase um, his playmaking abilities, ranking 6th in solo tackles with 4. So if you can be effective in an area of need that the Packers have, which is special teams and safety, I think he has a pretty pretty open road to making this roster. Malafleur had an uh, interesting quote. It, it was more so about the running back competition. We talked about it plenty on the last pod. Again, uh-huh. listen to the last pod if you have not listened to this. This is part two. That was part one. Um, uh, but it it's more about if you're this kind of player, if you're deep within the roster or deep within the depth chart, 90-man roster, whatever you want to call it, right. you're trying to make the team. It's not just about how you show up in one-on-ones or your position group. It It's about they are really valuing you doing your job on special teams. Yeah. If that's, if that's the most time that you're going to see the field. And Malafleur really spoke highly of that, how important that is to the coaching staff, to the decision makers that are going to make these cuts or make these decisions on the roster guys. In, right, you know, a month. 
So I think that's where guys like again, it's like if anybody wants to take take the reins with this position, go by for all it. means. It's there for, for the taking. Go for it. Yeah. And that's where another player like uh Dalen Levitt can also be effective. He was yep. a big special teamer last year. He didn't play a whole lot of snaps on on defense, if at all, if I'm looking at PFF correctly. Excuse me. And that's that's where the bread is going to be buttered for these these guys. Like, they just have to be effective special teams players. And by all means, uh, Dale Levitt was that um, last year for the Packers. Yeah. Anybody else want to talk about with safeties? Anthony Johnson Jr., I think, has gotten buzz. I would imagine they probably keep him. If, 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 I don't want to say imagine, but I think he'll probably be on the practice squad, if nothing else. I would imagine they don't want to give up on a safety they drafted, even though it was a, even, even though it was a seventh round, given the state of the safety room. like They probably just want to stick with guys, see if they can develop them, so they don't have to keep doing this every year with safeties. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Rudy Ford played very well last year. Had a couple interception game, I believe. Um, Cowboys game. Yep. So he'll be a, a candidate to, to snag a spot. Um, Simone Biles' husband, Jonathan Owens, has a chance to snag a spot. Um, <laughs> and it's up for the taking. Like it, we've, we've said it. We said it. We'll say it. We'll, we'll say it again. Like it's wide open. The preseason games are going to matter for this because I think Donald Savage will probably play at least a quarter, probably play at least a half. Some of these games. He might need to play a little bit more. And a lot of these guys are going to play. They can't afford to not have all of them get significant playing time because they just don't know. Since you have been on it in terms of, you know, putting a number, we have how many guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How many of the eight safety players? Do you think they ultimately carry into the Look, final 53? It looks like they kept four on the roster last year. Dalen Levitt, Rudy Ford, Adrian Amos, um, Darnell Savage, five, and uh, Tariq Carpenter. So I'd probably give a guess to say they probably go four and then keep an extra cornerback to see if they can just throw a guy back there for safety if things start going poorly. Like, I think they have more talent at the cornerback position than they do at the safety position. And I think I'd rather just give that... Really? Yeah, I do. Like, if we're going back to the cornerback position, cornerbacks, Jair, Razul, Eric Stokes, and Keyshawn Nixon yeah. are the top four. Locks. Carrington Valentine showcasing a better... Ball camp. hawk skills. Right. Shamar John Charles, while not the greatest, probably better than, say, Jonathan Ford. Not Jonathan, I'm sorry. Um, Owens. Yeah, Jonathan Owens or uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. right away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think they just have more experience at cornerback to where it wouldn't hurt to have more experience than less experience with some of these guys. Nothing nothing really intrigues me about safety. And it's such a And yet it is such a weak link that it forces me to like be intrigued by it. Well, that's what, you know what I mean. We're coming at it from different angles. Yeah, yeah. You're intrigued yeah. by how crap it is. 
and who's going to come out of the crap I pile. I wouldn't say it's... I don't want to denigrate it. It's, it's, I do think it's, it's probably the worst position right. group in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to say in the NFL because I don't have enough knowledge of everybody else's stuff to really go there. But it's for sure the weakest link on the Packers across, yes. the, across the board. And it's not close. And the players there don't move me enough to really want to keep an extra one of them to yeah. see what they can do over what I know I already have in these other guys. Like, yes, Shamar John Charles may not be like a standout corner, but I know what I have in him. And I know that he might get burned sometimes, but some of these other guys, it it could go even more poorly. Like, Tavarius Moore is the most experienced one on there, I'm pretty sure, right? He's like the veteran of the group. I don't think... Uh, I think Savage technically is, but outside, outside, outside of, of Savage. Savage. Yeah. It just there isn't a lot to pick from there. It's no. the it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Like it's what do you yeah. want to do? And I'd rather go with the one I, I know. Fair. I can I can I can scheme plays around what I know, around versus what you versus don't know. I yeah. I, I know Shamar John's John Charles's detriments as if I'm Joe Barry I should know his detriments as a player after watching him for the last two years. I don't know what Anthony Johnson Jr. might have a breakdown in during a critical time. I don't know what um, Jonathan Owens or Tavarius Moore might have as a breakdown later um, in the season if push comes to shove and they, need to, and they need to play. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah. It's it's weighing those options, and that's just kind of how I see it at this moment. Fair. Fair. All good points. It all comes back to losing Adrian Amos. Like, he didn't play... He didn't have the greatest season last year, but... no. His like his downfall is kind of why we're here in the first place. If he played well last year, he'd probably still be on the team. Um, but it's just it's tough. It's tough. Um, anything else on secondary? No, I, I again Stokes is the biggest. You know, we'll keep tabs on when he comes back because he's going to be, you know, relied on at least if he's that much or I guess expected to be relied on even with again just because you come back from injury doesn't mean that there is an adjustment with how you play post injury too so um he's the big one finding out the alignment with the cornerback situation when that happens mm-hmm. safety who can take it who can take this position <laughs> right um yeah I think that's that's kind of where I'm at I think it's time to move on to special teams. Kickers. We have a kicker, technically. We do. Dra- draft pick uh, Anders Carlson is uh, having a very tumultuous camp. I'm trying to find the exact number. I have the stats. You have the stat? Thank Bill you. Bill Huber, again, comes in the clutch. Thank you, Bill. He wrote Thursday night. Thursday evening. Um, I believe he is 16 for 27. That's what I thought he was, but I couldn't. I didn't want to speak incorrectly. I will also say a lot of the misses that he has had have come with. Um, we haven't gone through all the special teams players, but a punter who is not necessarily guaranteed to make the Packers roster, Daniel, mm-hmm. Daniel Whelan. 
and the long snapper who does not have a four hundred thousand dollar guarantee, Rodden or Hatcher. That's where most of his kicks have been coming from. Like he's no, been, most of the misses, misses have I been believe... with, with that 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 long that that crew for long snapper and holder. Yes. <sighs> Take that for what you will. It doesn't. It, it doesn't ultimately change it's the giving, fact that he's it's giving me a, a like hesitant to blame it on that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't want to be like, oh, it's this. He's gonna be fine. Right. Yeah. He has a lot of leg, a lot of leg, but Damn. if I had a nickel for any time that someone said that about me. <laughs> Um, I would have but he, no nickels. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was hitting from 60 and like getting it in the air past the poles, like, and not by a close margin, like clearing the goal. Power is not the problem. It's more it's of the accuracy. And so it was abysmal on Saturday. Abysmal. Yeah, you were there. Two, was, like two for seven. And they, and the misses were not close. Like mo- most of them are wide left. And it just it it makes me so nervous. I think Aaron Nagler mentioned that they may not have a kicker, but they do have two punters between Daniel Wyland <laughs> and Pat O'Donnell because they've been like kicking the hell mm-hmm. out of the ball. So if they can, Pat O'Donnell, I feel like had like a mediocre year last year. And if you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, that was kind of sentiment. He had some poor stats to go. I think we looked at it. It was a season. lot better than what. We remember. I thought it was the opposite, but I had I have forget forgotten. Um, but it's for sure a punter battle. Like that's that's absolutely what is happening in Green Bay right now. Um, both of them absolutely just kicking the ball very far and very high. Fifty-two punts, two thousand three hundred thirteen yards, an average of forty-four point five yards per punt. Twenty-ninth in the NFL. Well, there's that. <laughs> You're talking. I'm looking at PFF. He had a punt gross average of forty-four point four eight. He also had two punts blocked. That's not forty-six point two percent of his um, punts were inside the twenty, and a one point nine touch touchback percentage. Um, pinned inside the twenty, he had twenty-six of those punts tied for eighteenth. So. By no means a great year from Pat O'Donnell. And I think this is anecdotal, but a lot of those bad punts came at pretty poor times, similar to, yeah. um, oh, what's his name? I just said his name the other day. J.K. Scott. Like, would always have oh, the, yeah. the worst punts at the worst possible times that would set up the Packers' defense pretty poorly. Yeah, And so all I'm looking for on a punter is consistency. Just down the middle. Make it deep. <laughs> like I, I don't like, yeah, putting the ball inside the 10 or inside the five is really, really valuable from a punter. It's what you, you want. Those gunners. Right. Like, Strap City, baby. If you have Johnny Hecker, if I believe that's his name. Um, oh, yeah, the Rams guy. The, yeah. Yeah. Or like, once upon a time. Once upon a time. That's a valuable piece to have. Really valuable. But it turns out uh, establishing field position for the other team is very good. It's very good. But I didn't have to be that Rich Biasacha walked into Lambeau Field to tell them that, but that yeah. that has certainly uh, been a 
big theme. Right. And so as as valuable as it is, I'd rather them just punt it long to get it into the, the end zone. Because he had um almost ten yards per return last year. Like if you can't punt it far, at least punt it high. If you can't punt it high, at least punt it far. And he wasn't doing either of them consistently. Mm-hmm. So like forty five yards. I believe in. there was that Bills game that he just had an abysmal punt. Which is not surprising. It's Buffalo in October, and the, you know they play outdoors. So, right, you're bound to. If there's a stadium that I would say that happened happens a lot, I would believe it's in Buffalo. Uh, he only had one punt return for 17 yards in Buffalo. Like he he had not too many like yardage. He had two returned against New England for a total of 50, which isn't that good either. But um. That is grody. Otherwise, he only had two above 30. Three above 25. But total punts last year, again, were just down. He had seven punts in the Tampa game. Because remember, that game was ugly. Ugly. He was he was a MVP of that game. I think we gave him a cheese that game. <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely did. We definitely did. I remember watching that game. And it was But, like, he didn't ugly. have... In the second half of the season, he didn't have a whole lot of times he punted. After the Dallas game, or sorry, after the Tennessee game, two, three, one, one, two, one. Yeah. Like, he punted a lot in the beginning of the season, four, two, seven, five, three, five, five, two, and then one, four, four. But, like, he just didn't have ample opportunity throughout, which is good. Like, you don't want to be punting that often, but with how often the Packers are going for a fourth down, they were being in that horrendous spot on the field where you're just in the middle of can't punt and then the middle of can't kick, kick a field, kick a field, kick a field goal. Especially when Mason Crosby's leg issues were a thing. Right. First couple of weeks. And I think that that's where becoming a viable punter can be is that like, you're never going to talk about the floor out of going for, like not going for and fourth down at like the 45 yard line. Yeah. But if you can, if you have a good punter that can pin him inside the five, maybe he stops going for on fourth and one, fourth and two sometimes and decides to let his, more talented side of the ball as defense locked down their offense and flip the field again. So I think it probably will be Pat Donald. I don't think there's much of a, much of a uh, discussion there. Like they, they had this a couple years ago where they brought in someone to try and replace JK Scott, the guy from Notre Dame, like it from that went to Notre Dame high school, excuse me, gave JK Scott run for his money. And then we never heard from him again. Um, I think it's a kind of a similar, a similar battle. So, we'll see what Arnold Carlson does. It's it's tough. Sixteen for twenty seven is not good. It's it's roughly sixteen for twenty seven is under sixty six percent. Yeah, it's under two thirds. So, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Mason Crosby had some... in, in Tennessee kicking field goals, so we'll see. He's the only Tennessee. Um, Anders Carlson definitely has had a lot of accuracy issues too. So yeah, 70, I, I, I seventy-one percent in college. Yeah, I am covered by the fact that it's not that it is it's it's not the fact that he can't get it there. He can get it there. It's how do you tame the leg? 
I think he is going Operation to be... Operation Tame the Leg, Anders. I think he is going to be um, a scapegoat for a couple losses this year. Oh, like if I could, if I could put money on it, your words, not mine. <laughs> Monopoly money. Yes, I would probably put that number at like three. Yeah, yeah. Over yeah. under. <laughs> do you go higher than that? Over under three. Yeah, let's, let's do three and a half. Make it, make it, make it easier for that. Um, are we saying? A direct result where if he made a kick, they would have won. Yes. So, like, I'd say over. At this okay. cr- at at this rate, it's over. at this rate. If he's the only kicker, if they don't do, yep. Mason Crosby, <laughs> in case of emergency, pull out a glass or whatever. I will say over as well. Right. I just think like it's he's missing from like extra point distance is the issue. He's, yeah. he's missing from the 30s. And that's costing you points. Like, one to two points is going to be a lot of what their spread is this year because they're just not not going to run, not going to be burning down barns in their, in their scoring. It's going to be limited. Like, I think this team is going to be similar in offensive capability as it was last year where a lot of their t- games are going to be scored within the 17 to 30 range and not a whole lot of them are over. Tame the leg, Anders. God. <laughs> tame the leg. I'm trying to start a thing here. <laughs> Hashtag tame the leg. Hashtag tame the leg. Alrighty. <laughs> Anything else on the uh, the defense side of the ball and special teams? No, Matt Orzik. I, I, I said 400000 for his signing bonus. It's 300000 Yep. Um, for a signing bonus. He's going to be a long sapper. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> I think he he was good with the Rams last year, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was. I I know. I might, again, we've been scarred. Yeah, we've been scarred. Even post Rich Biasachas, like that right. was a problem last year too. So it's not an easy thing to figure it out. But you know, Packers are trying to figure it out. Right, they are. So, alrighty, folks, that does it for the fifty-three man roster fights. Positional battles. I had a family night this weekend. Like we said, the Bengals game next weekend. Um, we'll be back next week for a brief talk before with a credit if I'm wrong, Jordan, if I'm teasing appropriately, a special guest, correct? I'm pretty sure that's next that is, week. I think that's an appropriate tease. It is next week. Okay. I want to double check. So <laughs> it's been a long week. And it's already late. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to make yeah. sure my timing was right. So look out for that special guest coming next week. And then um, possibly a pod on the Bengals for sure Monday or Tuesday. But by, yeah, for sure, sure regardless, Monday. but depending on how busy our lives get next week. Yes. So check out gspn.info for all the podcast information for the Eurostep Podcast Network. Make time for this Eurostep. One in six, cruising for a bruising, and talk of the tundra. You can follow me at NewMechaZone on Twitter. And you can follow Jordan at Jordan Trusky on Twitter. Go check us out there, and you'll find all the latest and greatest. Oh, and at PackersGSPN for Talks of the Tundra. Go follow that account as well to see all the pod updates and memes. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. And Jordan, thank you. 
Thank you.